Good morning, everybody. We're up to part 21 in this Marriage Covenant resource. And I really do hope if you're tracking with me on each part that you are coming into the reality in which I am declaring. So you can have the greatest marriage with Christ and the greatest marriage with a spouse right now today. It's not to be an eternity it's to be now. It's to be our now reality. You know, the Bible says a time is and has come. And that time is now to enter into the fullness of this covenantal marriage that we have with Christ and one another. And so I really do pray that you are, you are getting a lot from uh, this teaching, this testifying of this truth. And in part 21 and from uh, 22 and 23 onwards, we're going to be looking at the practical elements of having a relationship, which is just as important as the spiritual. What are these physical realities that we are to uh, get, uh, increase our knowledge in and increase our skill set in? If we're going to have a thriving, fruitful, colorful uh, marriage with a husband or a wife. And so there are certain things we're going to look at over the coming weeks. Things like communication, and we're going to look at that today and over the next uh, resource. Emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, having boundaries uh, in your relationship. Maybe things like parenting, because as soon as we start adding another to uh, our family, a whole lot of other dynamics take place and we can end up putting our marriage second for the kids, which is a fatal mistake that many do make. You know, when I marry people, I say to them, stay attractive to one another in four areas. Stay attractive spiritually, stay attractive mentally, stay attractive emotionally, and stay attractive to one another physically. And I personally believe relationships struggle and some end because we don't keep invested in these four areas. We may be invested into one, maybe it's to stay physically attractive for our husband and our wife, maybe it's uh, mentally, but we don't enter into all four and grow in all four. And so our relationships struggle. And so it's important that we invest into all these areas. And one of the key areas in this whole area of a covenant is communication. Having healthy, vibrant communication. The greatest challenge, I believe, to any relationship, not just a husband and a wife, but in any relationship, is clear, precise communication where you get to communicate what you're really trying to say and it is understood. And communication is an art form. It's a skill that we need to grow in if we're going to have a healthy relationship with one another. So much gets... Uh, missed and so much hurt is created because of poor communication, because of maybe tone. And the reality is no communication is communication. That is something else we need to grasp. We think, oh, if we're not communicating, we're not communicating anything. But actually we're communicating something very powerfully, which can also be misunderstood. And so the goal of communication is to be heard and understood by the other person. It's one thing to think and believe you are communicating well. 
but it's an entirely different thing to do so. Learning how to communicate well so you are heard and understood uh, doesn't come naturally to many people. As I've said, I believe it's an art form and it's a skill that we must work on. It's something that needs to be practiced and developed over time again and again and again. And I really want to encourage you to do that. Um, I would say much hurt, much frustration, much disillusionment, anger, mis-expectations, resentment uh, has been caused by poor communication. And like everything with God, there are always two parts in this element of communication. We firstly see there is the speaking element, making sure you speak well and clear. And then there is the listening element. And both parts are just as important as the other. And we must grow, as I've said, in both. And in the resources to come, we're going to have a look at what active listening is. Because it's not just listening. It's actively engaging while the person is sharing with us so we can understand what they're saying and repeat back to them what they're saying so we can have a great relationship with one another. And so let's unpack this first element, which is speaking. And I want to have a look at James 3, 2 to 12, because this is a powerful passage that talks about the tongue. The tongue, one of the smallest muscles, but one of the most fiery muscles which can set things ablaze. This is what it says, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. And we do want to be mature. That word perfect, we, want, we do want to mature so we're able to speak life and not death and communicate well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths, so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body and yet it boasts of great things. So God gives us these analogies of a rudder and how it's small but how it directs the boat and these bridles that fit in the horse's mouth for such a small piece, but that directs the movement of the horse. See how great a forest is set aflame, <coughs> excuse me, by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. Listen to this. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? 
Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. We can see from these verses that James describes the tongue as a fire which sets on fire the course of one's life. This course can be good or evil depending on what comes forth out of our mouths. Do we speak life or death? into every relationship we're in? Do we speak promise or problem? Are we someone that's always complaining or are we looking for the solution? Do we release positive words or negative words over our own life and the lives of others? Is our tongue setting a fire in front of us which is destructive or is it setting a destination and a pursuit of life? Words either build up or put down. Words either edify or completely insult. Our words can create life or death. Our words can heal or cut someone to pieces. Our words create our future or keep us stuck in our present or our past. It is essential we're learning how to communicate with one another, that we're speaking words of life. And we're speaking words where we can be clearly heard and understood and that don't offend. This is why it is essential that we learn the art of communication in our relationships. So not only do we know how to share our thoughts and our feelings about any given topic or circumstance we face well, but we're able to do it in a healthy and respectful manner. It's using words like I feel or I thought in a sentence that help us convey the effects of a particular action or circumstance that's had on us. It's not saying you made me or you did this. It's not accusation or blaming. It's taking account first and responsibility for itself. For example, I felt completely left out the other night and this made it appear that I wasn't important. When we share like this, we're just explaining how we feel without accusing or blaming anyone else for those feelings. This is a healthy and respectful way of sharing to one another what is going on for us. Being able to be assertive in our communication is a healthy and respectful manner. We need to be able to be assertive. We need to be able to talk. It's no good sweeping things under the carpet. Many people do that. They haven't been raised in an environment where they know to have open communication because we're afraid of the conflict. But we must have assertive, healthy communication if we're going to have a great relationship, especially with our spouse. And we're never to assume our husband or wife can read our minds. Assertiveness is the ability to express your feelings and ask for what you want in your relationship in a healthy and respectful way. Giving our spouse at least one compliment each day is a great way <clears throat> excuse me, of building a healthy, vibrant and positive relationship. Let me give you some examples of some of the things that you can use. You are fun to be with. I love the way you spoke up for yourself today. I love that outfit on you. It makes your eyes really sparkle. Remember being attractive in all those ways and speaking life, 
speaking clear communication so you're heard and understood and be able to be assertive so you can share what's going on for you is the key to a great relationship. Some skills to increase intimacy in your relationship are give your spouse your full attention when speaking to them. Turn everything off. Put your phone away. Make a space and give your full attention. Focus on the good qualities in each other and praise each other often. Number two. Number three, be assertive. Number four, avoid criticism. Five, listen to understand, not to judge. That's a great one. Listen to understand, not to judge. Six, use active listening. We're going to cover that. And avoid blaming each other and work together for a solution. I hope this will really help you in the area of clear communication. Questions for us to grapple with. Why is good communication such an integral part of any relationship? How important is it to be assertive in our relationship in the area of communication? Why is no communication a form of communication? And the last question, why is using words like I feel or I would like so important? So I hope this helps you. Any questions, any thoughts, fire them through. I'd love to help you in this area of clear, precise communication where you stop and think about how you're going to communicate, what you're going to say in a respectful and healthy manner so you can bring a solution into the picture. Have a great day.